Hey guys, welcome back to my podcast. I'm Kyle Huseman, getting you ready for week 12 of college football this weekend. Uh, I'm going to have my playoff poll reaction for the playoff poll that came back came out last night. Uh, the playoff picture, picks for eight games, and then three quick picks. And then six questions that I got on Twitter about uh, different college football topics. So we'll start out right away. The playoff poll came out last night. Uh, the top ten remained unchanged. Uh, if you remember from last week, Alabama at one, Clemson two, Notre Dame three, Michigan at four for the top four. Uh, Georgia and Oklahoma come in at 5 and 6, and then West Virginia uh, comes in at around 9, Washington State at 8, Ohio State at 10, and LSU's at 7. Starting at that, uh, I still believe LSU is too high at 7. Uh, with the loss to Alabama again, they didn't really, they have it rice this week. Uh, the thing they talked about on the playoff poll uh, last night was Kirk Herbstreit was talking about is LSU at their highest they can get? And I would think, unless there's a lot of chaos, LSU's at their highest at 7. Uh, I still have them at 11. Uh, a lot of chaos would probably have to move them up in my poll. Um, just with two losses now, they, I don't think that they can get any higher than they are there. Uh, but the rest of the top 10, I don't really have a problem with. UCF's still at 12. Uh, they get a ranked matchup with Cincinnati this week, which I think is huge. Uh, Cincinnati coming in at 24 in the playoff poll. So they have a chance to get a ranked win now. And then with USF next week, uh, not ranked, uh, but still would be a quality win. Then Houston, the conference championship, what they're hoping for instead of maybe an SMU. Uh, but they have a chance now to get a win or two. And uh, looking at the other group of five teams, Utah State is finally ranked in the poll. But uh, I still think they're too low. I have them higher, way up at 13. Uh, yeah, 13. And Utah State only at 23 in the poll. I think the group of five teams, are again, are... Uh, really kind of underrated, but yeah, I still think the Utah, Utah State being ranked is showing that they are now noticing how well Utah State is playing. Uh, looking at Kentucky at 17, I don't know how they've, they've lost back-to-back against Georgia and Tennessee, and Tennessee's not a good loss. Uh, and they've fallen from 9 to 17 after those two losses. I have them at 24, uh, barely hanging on, and that was because they have three losses, and I didn't want to put a four-loss team in yet. Uh, so I, did, I was really surprised to see them that high, but uh, but still, they do deserve to be ranked, but 17 is very high, considering they've lost two straight. Uh, just They play Middle Tennessee this week. They'll get the win, so they'll stay ranked. But I'm just still curious if that was to keep Georgia from having a nice, for having a nice win there. Uh, but there's no really other reason why Georgia should, or Kentucky should be that high. Looking at the four-loss teams, Mississippi State and Northwestern are both ranked with four losses. Uh, I do not have them ranked in my poll. I think next week's going to be when, when four-loss teams jump in. I try to keep four lost teams out as long as possible because, you know, six and four for Mississippi State, six and four for Northwestern. That's not really – Northwestern lost to Akron. So, you know, I don't know if that's good enough to get them ranked yet. Uh, I have a, There's a couple other teams that could be ranked. You know, Army could be ranked. Uh, Buffalo's nine and one. They could be ranked. Uh, you know, UAB's deserving as well. They have a game against uh, Texas A&M this week. So there's other teams that I think could have taken that spot maybe. Uh but I, I still I think it's kind of getting to that point where four lost teams are coming in. It's that type of year where we're going to have four lost teams with a couple of weeks yet, which you, you usually don't see. Uh, not really a lot, though, to talk about for the playoff poll. I thought it was pretty solid. You know, looking at the comparison between my rankings and their rankings, they're the largest I already talked about, you know, Kentucky, uh, LSU, Utah State, those were the biggest differences. Uh, otherwise, everything else was within three, four spots. So I thought they did a fr- pretty solid job. Um, this week, uh, which is something that I usually don't say real often. Usually there's a couple of things that I'd, uh, really kind of have 
I'm confused on, which I already uh, talked about Kentucky and LSU. Thing I did want to touch on was UCF. They still have a chance to make my top four. Whether it would be enough to make the playoff or not, I don't know. Uh, the things they want, though, is the winner of Oklahoma and West Virginia loses the Big 12 title. Now, maybe it works out where Oklahoma and West Virginia still play in the Big 12 title. UCF wants those teams to split. So they would finish with two, both of them would finish with two losses. Another thing they want is Alabama to beat Georgia and then Clemson to win out. So those Alabama, Clemson get those two spots. Then they would probably want Syracuse to beat Notre Dame to kick Notre Dame out. And if those three things happen, they jump, they jump Oklahoma, they jump West Virginia, they jump Georgia, and they jump Notre Dame most likely, which would put them into probably that five spot. Um, or close, you know, I have them at eight right now, so they jump four teams. They'd be right there, probably four or five. Uh, Ohio State beating Michigan might help a little bit. Uh, probably not because Ohio State might get up to the front if they win the conference title and move them out. But so there's still a chance for UCF to make my top four. Um, and actually, those things all are legitimately possible to happen. So it'll be interesting, interesting to see how things work out as we go on. Moving on to my eight games this week, uh, my record is 68-38 and 38 on the season. Uh, it could be a little bit better, uh, but we're looking to have a good week this week. First game is tonight, actually. Buffalo ranked 25th in my rankings. They're 9-1 playing at Ohio. Uh, Ohio's 6-4, but this is still a good team. Ohio was picked to win their division at the beginning of the year. Uh, four losses on the season, but this is still going to be a good game. They're favored by two, Ohio is. Uh, FPI has Ohio a 62.4% favorite. Buffalo beat Kent State in some nasty, windy conditions uh, earlier uh, last week, 48-14. Ohio lost at Miami, Ohio, 30-28. Looking at Buffalo, Jarrett Patterson, 18 rushes for 187 yards last week. Two touchdowns rushing. He's just a freshman. The team had 358 rushing yards uh, against Kent State. Now, Ohio's definitely a better team than Kent State. Uh, but if Buffalo can rush the ball anywhere near that tonight, they're going to be in position to win this game. Tyree Jackson, their run, their wide receiver or their quarterback, excuse me, fifty-six percent completion percentage, but he's twenty-four touchdowns, eight interceptions on the season. That's pretty exceptional numbers. Uh, looking at Ohio, Nathan Rourke, sixteen of twenty-seven last week, one hundred sixty-one yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Pretty good game against Miami, Ohio. AJ Owlett, their running back, fifteen carries for one hundred sixty-eight yards, didn't get any touchdowns. They're going to need him to get a couple of touchdowns against Buffalo for them to get a chance to win. Buffalo and Ohio both are scoring you know, 35 to 40 points a game. And Buffalo's defense is slightly better, allowing 22.5 points to Ohio's 27.5. I think Buffalo wins tonight, 9-1. They're on the track for a great season. Uh, not maybe an outside shot at the, the group of five uh, at-large bid to the near six. Probably not. But still, if they can get to 10-1, this is, a, this is one of the best seasons in school history, you would think. If they can make it to the conference title and possibly win that. Uh, but yeah, I have Buffalo winning tonight. Next game, Iowa at Illinois, my weekly Iowa game. Uh, Iowa favored by 16. They're coming off that loss to Northwestern. Uh, the offense did not play well. Uh, a lot talking about why is Noah Fant not getting the ball a lot. Uh, he's not playing even a lot at times. Illinois coming off a loss to Nebraska. Iowa favored almost 90% by the FPI. They're favored by 16. Stanley last week. 27-41 for 216 yards, touchdown, intercept, no interceptions. The team only had 64 total rush yards. Uh, that's definitely not going to be something they can do against Illinois, nor do I think that will happen against Illinois. Uh, no fan, though, the big thing, one catch for no yards against uh, Northwestern. They have to get him going. Uh, I don't 
it's kind of confusing to me. I don't want to really get into it and bash the coaches for not using him. Uh, but he does need to catch the ball more. Get out and th- you can put Fant in as a wide receiver and use Hawkinson as a tight end. Fant uh, has the ability to play both spots. Um, that's he's kind of a hybrid almost. Uh, looking at Illinois though, AJ Bush last week, eleven of twenty-five, hundred and twenty-six yards passing, two interceptions, but he rushed for three touchdowns and one hundred and eighty-seven yards. Um, that he wants to cut down on the interceptions for sure, but the rushing—if Iowa can't contain that—it's going to be a long day and possibly a fifth loss for Iowa. Um, even though Iowa's favored by 16, I really think that they're struggling at this point. Um, Iowa just trying to bounce back. Finally, they have three straight losses. Um, they're going to have to contain Illinois' A.J. Bush's running ability. Um, Illinois last week, 11 passes completed to only four guys. They're going to kind of have to spread the ball out a little bit more uh, this week. Iowa's defense still only allowing 18 points a game. Illinois is allowing 38.6. Uh, and that's kind of the de- the defining part there, why I'm picking Iowa. Illinois' defense is not that good. If Iowa can get the running game going, if they can get those wide receivers going, if Stanley can have a good game, this won't be that close. I think they can cover that 16-point spread and win by three touchdowns. <clears throat> Moving on, uh, next one, Stanford at California. Both teams 6-4. and four. Stanford favored by two. They are coming off a win against Oregon State, 48-17. to California coming off a win at USC, 15-14, where they – Outscored USC 15-0 in the second half. Stanford 66% uh, favorite by the FBI. KJ Costello last week against Oregon State. Great job. 23-33, 342 yards, four touchdowns, one interception. Uh, if he has a day like that against California, they will win. Bryce will have 11 carries for 90 yards and a touchdown. Pretty solid day out of him. Looking at California, though, against USC, Chase Garbers, 14-26, 93 yards, uh, one touchdown. Not great numbers, but it got him the win. They forced three turnovers against USC. They're gonna they're gonna want to do something like that again uh, this week. California's defense has stepped up the last couple of weeks, allowing 19 points to West Virginia or Washington State and 14 against USC. Again, zero points in the second half. So the California defense has really stepped up the last couple of weeks. Uh, if they can do that again against Stanford this week, I think they're gonna have a great chance to win. Uh, Stanford outscoring opponents 28.3 to 23. Uh, and California, 22.7 to 21.1. So both teams not they're really, the defense is doing enough to get them wins, but the offenses for both teams aren't quite uh, scoring enough points to get them more than their 6-4 and four record. Uh, this could be a lower-scoring game. I have California winning. Uh, I think the defense is playing really well right now. They're going to keep it going. It's going to be a close game. Uh, this is going to be one of those games where it could come down to, you know, a turnover or... You know, maybe in a low-scoring game, it's maybe putting together a good drive against a good defense and scoring a touchdown, uh, but I think California wins. Moving on to my fourth game, uh, Duke ranked 28th in my poll against Clemson, who's ranked number two. Clemson favored by 28.5, 95% by the FPI. Duke coming off a win, 42-35 against North Carolina. Clemson off a 27-7 win over Boston College. Um, Trevor Lawrence, 29-40, 295 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Etienne only had 78 yards rushing on 11 carries. Um, I don't think he'll. I think he'll do better than that against Duke this week. They their defense, however, held Boston College to 113 yards uh, total, and those seven points that they allowed were off a, was off a punt return for a touchdown. So the defense played really well against Boston College, stopped the run uh, really well, and I think if they can, they're going to continue that against Duke this week. Uh, Duke has a, per, a better offense than Boston College, however. Daniel Jones rushed for 186 yards last week, 
as a quarterback for one touchdown. Also, 31 of 54 passing, 361 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. However, they allowed 536 yards and 35 points to a UNC team that is 1-8. and eight. Uh, Clemson's going to take advantage of that and really, I think, win pretty easily. I think 28's a lot for the uh, uh, line. I think it's probably going to be more of a 24 to, yeah, maybe 28. I think they, I think they might cover, though. Uh, but the big point is Clemson scoring 45 points a game, and they're allowing 12. Uh, that's going to be that's a hard thing to beat, uh, and that's why Boston College, who's even a solid team, I have them ranked 16th, uh, just couldn't get it done. Uh, moving on to my next game, West Virginia ranked seventh, playing at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State five and five, but they put up a fight against Oklahoma last week, losing 48-47. Easily could have got that game into overtime. Uh, I think just taking the extra point, decided to go for two. Uh, Got to respect the decision out of Mike Gundy, uh, but it failed. West Virginia won forty-seven to ten over TCU. West Virginia favored by five in this game, and sixty-three percent by the FPI. Looking at Will Greer last week. 25-39 for 343 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Uh, that's pretty solid numbers from him, Heisman candidate. Uh, team had 164 rush yards, and they split it up between uh, mainly three guys. Petway had 59 yards, Brown 53, and McCoy 40. Uh, that's pretty, That's pretty. I mean, 164 yards is pretty solid. If you split it out between three guys that can run for, you know, 40, 50 yards uh, in a game, that's pretty good. Uh, but the big thing that why West Virginia won, they held TCU to negative seven rush yards, two of 15 on third down, and 222 total yards. Uh, that's not something they're probably going to be able to do against Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State with a better offense than TCU. TCU really struggling with you know the injuries there, struggling to make a bowl game even there at four and six. Um, I think this game could be close. You know, Oklahoma State last week, Taylor Cornelius was 34 to 53, 501 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, Tylen Wallace is going to be a big guy this week. He had 10 catches for 220 yards, two touchdowns um, against uh, Oklahoma. The big thing is is that Oklahoma defense isn't that good. They allow a lot of points. Um, but I, th- I think West Virginia's defense is going to play better against Oklahoma State. Uh, their defense is allowing 20.9 points a game. Oklahoma State allowing 31 a game. Uh, West Virginia scoring 40 to Oklahoma State's 39. But I think West Virginia is going to outscore them, and they're going to fa- they're going to cover that five point spread. I think they win by ten to fourteen. I think it's a closer game uh, for a while. But I think West Virginia's defense is going to come up with a couple of stops, a couple of forced punts, maybe an interception uh, to get them to win and keep them in that playoff race. And moving forward to West Virginia Oklahoma next week, one of the biggest games uh, of the season, definitely one of the biggest in the Big Twelve this year. Moving on, ranked matchup in the group of five. Cincinnati ranked 21st in my poll at number 8 UCF. Uh, college game days there. UCF has been wanting it for this game, and they get it. Cincinnati uh, beat South Florida last week, 35-23, solid opponent. Central Florida beat Navy, 35-24, a week after Cincinnati beat them, 42 to nothing. Uh, UCF's favored by 7.5 at home and 70.4 by the FPI. This is going to be a solid game. Uh, a lot of people think maybe Cincinnati could catch them this week. I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting at UCF. I think the crowd's really going to be into it. This is with game day there. Obviously, it's going to be huge. Uh, last week, Cincinnati, Desmond Ritter, quarterback, 17 of 24 passing, uh, 194 yards, two touchdowns. Michael Warren at running back, 28 rushes for 151 yards and three touchdowns. They need him to get going this week and do something like that uh, to get them the win this week. Rashad Medeiros, the wide receiver, had four catches for 92 yards. 
Uh, he's not their best wide receiver. You know, Khalil Lewis is their best wide receiver. He has 490 yards receiving on the season, six touchdowns. Um, if they can get him to do uh, get a solid game, they're going to have a chance in this game. They held USF to 2 of 15 on third down, even though they allowed 23 points. So that's, that's uh, something that the defense needs to do is force punts against Central Florida. And Central Florida won't be afraid to go for it on fourth down uh, if they get the chance in, you know, a makeable situation. Looking at UCF against Navy, uh, Mackenzie Milton, 17-21, 200 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. That'll, that'll do the job. This week I think he needs to do a little bit more, probably 250, 300 yards. Greg McCray, though, 17 rushes for 101 yards and a touchdown. That's pretty solid from a running back spot there. Uh, Cincinnati, though, their defense is only 14.9 points a game to UCF's 21 allowed a game. Uh, Cincinnati has the better defense for sure. And UCF, we saw them struggle against Temple. Um, you know, they struggled a little bit with the Navy uh, triple option last week. It'll be interesting to see uh, how they do against Cincinnati this week. As I said, definitely a better defense than Cincinnati. But UCF's offense, I think, is going to be more than Cincinnati can handle at this point. I think UCF wins. <coughs> Moving on to the next game. Uh, we got two left here. Syracuse ranked 12th in my poll. Uh, at Yankee Stadium, it's number three, Notre Dame. Uh, Syracuse off that huge, huge performance against Louisville. Not a good team, but they just blew them out, 54-23. to uh, Notre Dame blew out Florida State, too. Bad ACC teams that they beat last week. Uh, beat Florida State 42-13. to Notre Dame favored by 9 and 74.8% by the FPI. This is going to be a great game. Uh, this is really huge for UCF, who I just talked about a minute ago. And for Syracuse, 8-2 and two on the season. They're having an uh, amazing season. Uh, they were picked last in, their co- in the division this year, and they're pushing to get you know second in the division. They have Sy- or, uh, Boston College next week uh, to get there. Eric Dungy against Louisville, 14-27, 192 yards, uh, one touchdown and interception. That wasn't the reason they won. Mo Neal, eight rushes for 159 yards, two touchdowns. They had 326 rush yards in the game, five touchdowns rushing. Uh, that's how you win a game. Uh, they had six sacks on defense, ten tackles for loss. Uh, they're going to need a good game out of the defense against Notre Dame because Notre Dame's defense is going to hold Syracuse uh, lower than their 44 points a game. Uh, Ian Book is back now for Notre Dame. Brandon Winbush played against Florida State and did enough for them to win. Uh, I think still think Ian Book is the guy. Uh, both teams, though, are playing better defenses this week. Syracuse's defense is better than than uh, Florida State's, and Notre Dame's playing a better defense. Or Notre Dame's defense is better than Louisville's by a lot. Um, Syracuse is going to have to stop Dexter Williams, though, on the defensive end. Williams had 20 rushes for 200 two yards last week and two touchdowns against Florida State. Syracuse allowing 27 points a game to Notre Dame's 18 points a game. Uh, I think Syracuse is going to win. This is going to be my upset pick of the week. Haven't had one in a couple of weeks. Um, I think Syracuse gets the win uh, in a neutral side. If this was at Notre Dame, I'd pick Notre Dame. Uh, Syracuse is playing some great football at this point. I think they just come up with the stops, the scores at the right times to get them to win. Uh, we've kind of been waiting. Is Notre Dame going to lose? Are they going to play a close game? They haven't quite yet. Uh, they beat Northwestern on the road in a game that we thought could have been close. But this is the week. I'm going with Syracuse over Notre Dame at Yankee Stadium. Moving on, Iowa State at Texas, 19 versus 15 there. Iowa State, not out of the neither team out of the Big 12 title picture yet. 
Uh, so this is a huge game, uh, an elimination game for the Big 12 title uh, for sure. Iowa State beat Baylor last week 28-14. to uh, Big news out of that is David Montgomery is out for the first half after that that big fight on the field that was uh, really – you don't see David Montgomery do something like that. Uh, so he apologized on Twitter, but he's still out for the first half. Texas beat uh, Texas Tech 41-34. to Texas is favored by three in this game and 66% FPI favorite. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see – can Texas win at home, or is Iowa State is Iowa State going to have enough to try to get to this Big 12 title? Uh, that'll be interesting to watch. Brock Purdy, 18 of 23 last week, 230 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Montgomery was 11 for 53 yards rushing, but again, he's out for that first half, which could become a big factor um, if Iowa State can't get the ball going on the, on the ground with him out. They allowed 505 yards to Baylor, but only 14 points. Um... That's not something you really want to do. You don't want to allow 505 yards. Uh, but if you can hold them to 14 points, I don't think that's bad. But they cannot allow Texas to get 505 yards this week. They will score definitely more than 14 points. Only last week, twelve or 22 of 34 for 320, 322 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, that's a great game against Texas Tech. Uh, Iowa State's defense, better than Texas Tech, however. Uh, Iowa State only allowing 20 points a game. Lil Jordan Humphreys had a great couple of weeks. Uh, eight catches for 115 yards and two touchdowns against uh, Bay- or Texas Tech last week. That was a game that Texas almost blew last week. Uh, I thought I had Texas Tech winning that one. Uh, I have I- Iowa State winning this week now. Iowa State moving a little bit closer to that Big 12 title. Uh, obviously, they're going to need a West Virginia win over Oklahoma. But... I think Iowa State wins. They're, a lot, they're scoring 27 points a game. I think it's going to be very close. I think Texas will be winning at halftime with Montgomery out. Uh, but in the second half, I think Iowa State steps up with Montgomery back in. He's going to have a good second half, and they win. Uh, Texas' offense, 33.2 points a game. I think they're going to get slowed down by that Iowa State defense. I think the Iowa State defense picks up a couple of uh, turnovers and a couple of stops to get them to win. And Texas will be eliminated from the Big 12 title picture. That's my eight picks for the week. Now I have three quick picks. Not a lot of uh, explanation for them. First one, Fresno State over San Diego State. San Diego State stumbled against UNLV last week. San Diego State hasn't been playing well against lower-level Mountain West teams. Fresno State favored by 15 at home. Fresno State bounces back from the Boise State loss. They beat San Diego State. Second game, Temple over South Florida. Temple, huge offensive output last couple of games against Central Florida. And Houston, they beat South Florida off the loss to Cincinnati at home. Temple favored by 14, they win. And my third one, Missouri against Tennessee at Tennessee. Tennessee off the big win against Kentucky. Uh, Missouri favored by six on the road. I have Missouri winning, going kind of against the Tennessee team that's playing pretty well right now. They have a win over Auburn as well. Um, But I have Missouri winning. Drew Locke's going to have a good game, get Tennessee the win. And Tennessee has to look for a win against Vanderbilt next week to make a bowl game. So those are my three quick picks. got 11 games there for the whole week. Uh, that wraps up what I would normally do, but on Twitter during the week I said, go ahead and send me some questions. I only have eight games this week. It's going to be a shorter podcast than usual. Usually it's right around 40 minutes. Right now we're only at 25. I got six questions on Twitter to, that I got here to answer. Uh, we'll go through them here to start. First one, uh, predict the next two college game day locations. Uh, this is pretty easy. I mean, next week's going to be Michigan at Ohio State. Pretty pretty obvious that they're going to go there. The big, Obviously a huge rivalry. 
and it's going to have playoff implications on it as long as they both win this week, which they should. Uh, and then the next one's going to be the SEC title game, Alabama-Georgia. Again, huge playoff implications, and that's why they're going to go there. Uh, I have no reason why I wouldn't get either of those right. Um, the next one, Utah State. Uh, here's the scenario that was put out. Utah State beats Boise State and then beats Fresno State or San Diego State in the conference title, and UCF loses a game. Does Utah State get the New Year's Six Bowl? Um, you know, if Utah State beats Boise State and then beats Fresno, it's going to be Fresno State most likely, or the winner of that game this weekend is most likely going to make the conference title. Um, if Utah State wins both of those, wins the conference title, and UCF loses, you know, to Cincinnati or loses in the conference title, um... Utah State would be right up there. I would think they'd be really close to making that year six. They have to look at teams behind them, you know. Um, Buffalo, you know, if they win out, win the conference title, I think Utah State would still be ahead of Buffalo. UAB is another team. If UAB can get an upset win over Texas A&M, you'd have to look at UAB maybe uh, if they could get into it. Cincinnati would be the is the biggest threat to them. If Cincinnati is the one to beat UCF, and then Cincinnati goes and beats Houston in the conference title or whoever comes out of that division... Uh, Cincinnati would be at 11, they'd be at 12 and one then you'd think Cincinnati, Cincinnati would be really close to come down to a decision between Cincinnati and Utah state. Uh, but I think, I think Utah state would be really, it'd definitely be, uh, I can't say definitely that Utah state would get it, but I think Utah state would definitely be one of the top two in that discussion, uh, for who would get that near six spot. So yeah, for sure. Utah state's still in it. Uh, UCF loss is really all they're going to need to get a chance. Next question here is, why do you have UCF at 8? Um, I have UCF at 8. I had UCF in the playoff last year, actually. Uh, I'm not really looking at that last year. I think I think UCF deserves to be at 8 to an extent. Uh, I dropped them from 7 to 8. West Virginia jumped them. Uh, I think if you look at the three teams below them, or even the four teams below them, Syracuse at 12, Syracuse with two losses um, to Clemson, and then to uh, N- – no, they beat NC State um, – I can't recall their second loss at this point. Um, but still, Syracuse with two losses. Um, I think I think they would be ahead of them. I think that's pretty obvious. An undefeated UCF over Syracuse. LSU has two losses now um, to, to uh, Alabama for one. And then their second loss to... Jeez, um, now I'm drawing a blank on LSU's second loss. Uh, they lost to Florida, that's right. They lost to Florida... Um, I think LSU looking, they didn't look great on offense against Alabama. I think LSU really kind of just, they they don't look like a team that should be in the top seven or top eight. And that's just my opinion, you know. I think UCF going undefeated, they obviously still have chances to move up with better games. But, you know, they're, I think it's, I think people really miss the point where it's hard to go undefeated in a season. And, you know, I said Ohio State's a team that I have behind UCF. Ohio State lost to Purdue this year. They lost to Iowa last year. They, you know, they lost to Virginia Tech a few years ago. Um, you see other teams like Washington State last year lost to California. They almost lost to California this year. It's hard to go undefeated. And you can say all this about UCF. Oh, they, play, they don't play in a great conference. But all these good teams, you know, Washington State was a good team in the top 10 last year. They lose to California. Ohio State loses to Purdue. Those aren't great teams either. So I think I think people have to look at how hard it is to go undefeated, how hard it is to go week to week and win every game. UCF deserves to be at eight what they're doing. Um, 
Obviously, this isn't the same team from last year, but you saw them get a chance and beat Auburn last year. They deserve a chance this year to play in a New Year's Six Bowl and maybe even the playoff if the right stuff happens. Not going to say if they go undefeated, they deserve the playoff. But if the right stuff happens, I think they deserve a shot uh, because I think they can they can play with almost probably out of these 10 teams in the top 10, they could play with Ohio State. They could play with Washington State. They could play with West Virginia. Oklahoma would be tough. It'd be a really high-scoring game. I think they could play with Notre Dame. Uh, you know, Alabama, Clemson, Michigan, Georgia, those probably are teams that they would lose to. Again, those are obviously teams you're talking about in the playoff, but I think they could play with most of those teams in the top 10. I heard a lot about, no, they can't play with Auburn. They're going to lose to Auburn, all that SEC speed. And then they beat Auburn. So I think giving them a chance is what you have to do. I think this is a good enough team that they can be up there. So, yeah, I have UCF at 8 against the ahead of teams that I think should be behind them. Washington State should not be ahead of UCF. Ohio State shouldn't be ahead of UCF. They lost to Purdue. And they've been struggling, you know, against Nebraska, and they almost lost to Michigan State. That was a close game for three quarters. So I think UCF at 8... It's, it's a big discussion. It's something that I'm not going to go into uh, more now. Um, but I think they deserve to be out there. I think they deserve more respect than they get. <clears throat> Next question here is, should the SEC play nine non-conference games? Or nine conference games? Uh, they only play eight right now, and that leads to what you have this week where, you know, Alabama's playing the Citadel. Uh, you know, Auburn's out here playing Liberty. Texas A&M's playing UAB. Georgia's playing UMass. So you're getting... You're getting almost a week off before your your uh, big rival game. Usually, Georgia's playing Georgia Tech. Alabama playing Auburn. Um, I don't have it up right now, but I laid out also for the SEC. The ACC also plays eight not or eight conference games as well. I laid out some hypothetical situations, what matchups could be for this week. Um, if there was a ninth playoff or play game in conference, you know, Alabama maybe they play Georgia or maybe they play Kentucky. Maybe they play Georgia. Um, you know, there's there's other games that they could be playing uh, across division that would give you a solid game. You know, if Alabama's playing Kentucky or they're playing Georgia maybe even, uh, but let's say they're playing Kentucky, that's going to be a closer game for sure than playing the Citadel, and you're more likely to have to play players for, you know, a full half or three quarters against, probably more like three quarters against Kentucky instead of having to play, you know, two drives with Tua and then you're already up 14 nothing. game's over. So I think playing that nine... Uh, conference game and both the ACC and SEC would really change things at times. I think you could see an upset or two with a lower, um, maybe a Georgia gets upset by someone in the cross division game or in the ACC Clemson plays, which they are, they're playing Duke this week. Um, but I think you got to play nine, nine conference games. It helps a lot when you determine, uh, who goes to the conference title then as well. Um, the other question that went with that was: Should the FCS uh, be should FCS games be allowed past week eight? Uh, one thing I wanted to add about the nine conference games as well is the other conferences do it, so you just kind of want to make it even. Uh, but about the FCS games past week eight, um, you know, it depends. It depends a little bit. I would say, you know, scheduling is something that is really hard. I've read articles on it. Scheduling, I don't think anyone really understands what goes into scheduling. Uh, games for college football it's crazy at times um i'd say there'd be exceptions to the rule i'd say if you you need to get if you're going to play an fcs team it needs to be in those first four weeks probably um otherwise really when you get in past week eight week nine week ten you're wearing week 12 right now and they're playing it ends up being a time where you can just rest players it's basically like the nba when you have made the playoffs and you just sit you just sit lebron james for a game 
or two, three games so he doesn't get hurt in the game. Or you want to rest him so he's good for the game against a good team. Um, that's basically what Alabama's going to do against the Citadel this week. Auburn, not a great team, obviously. Um, but, you know, Tua's going to go out and he's going to play two possessions. Um, and that's going to be it. He's going to probably throw for two touchdowns, game will be over, and he'll come out and Jalen Hurts will come in. Um, you know, that's I think that's where you look at should FCS games be played past week eight. I think no. Unless the exception would be, you know, an Iowa State situation um, where they're playing Incarnate Word if they don't make the Big 12 title uh, because that's the only game they could get uh, to try. At the time, they were, like, thinking bowl eligibility. We need to try to get that. So I think there needs to be exceptions. You know, if there's a canceled game early in the season, your only chance, and you're one of those teams that has a chance to make a bowl game or is worrying about not making a bowl game, Maybe if an FCS team is the only, maybe if an incarnate word is the only team you can get, or like a South Dakota State, if that's the only team you can get, and it's at the end of the season, that December first, I think that should be allowed as an exception. But in general, we should, we don't want to. I don't want to see Alabama playing the Citadel um, in Week Twelve. What am I? What am I doing? I'm not watching any SEC games this weekend or at all, or maybe even some other teams because they're playing teams like the Citadel. Nothing against the Citadel. Um, but I just don't, I just don't want, no one's going to watch that. So yeah, past week eight, I think that's a fair thing to say. And again, if the SEC and the ACC are playing nine conference games, you probably wouldn't see that at all. You'd see those FCS games early, uh, early on in the season. The last question I got is, can Georgia keep it close with Alabama in the conference title and maybe win? Um, you know, I'll be picking that game obviously in a couple of weeks. I think Alabama and Georgia are both great teams. Georgia at five right now, Alabama at one. Um, I I really think that Georgia's a team that could stay with Alabama for three quarters and make it a fourth quarter game. Uh, it'd be interesting to see how Georgia's defense does. That's the biggest thing is slowing down Alabama on defense. And then again, scoring points. Um, they haven't a lot of point in their last two games against two pretty decent teams, LSU and Mississippi State. Now, Mississippi State scored a couple of times, called back on penalties that were, you know, were they penalties, were they not penalties? That's a discussion that you want to have differently. Um, but, you know, we've seen teams, LSU's allowed 29 points, Mississippi State allowed 24. Uh, you know, if, if Georgia can mix together some game plans looking at what Mississippi State did to slow down uh, Alabama, and look at what LSU did a little bit to slow down uh, Alabama, I think Georgia will have a shot. Uh, as long as they can score points, which I think they can against Alabama. Looking at the teams in the top 10, you know, I think Georgia, I think Michigan, I think Clemson could hang with a team like Alabama if they look at what Mississippi State did, what LSU did, and what other teams did when they stopped uh, Alabama. They need to, those teams, any team that plays Alabama in the playoff or in the conversation being a Georgia they need to look at what every team did on every punt that Alabama had. What did that defense do to make Alabama punt? What did they do to get Alabama to fumble? They just need to they need to look at the coverages and everything that teams have done to get Alabama to punt or to force a field goal in a red zone situation. And they need to take advantage of all those things and try to force as many times where they can make it so that maybe they allow 24 points so that offense can try to get to that point. Um I think Georgia would be able to keep it close. Do they win? I don't I don't know. I think it would be a very close game. Uh like a conference champion or like the national championship last year uh would be a situation that I think it could be. Uh it was a very close game. Obviously came to overtime. 
I can't pick it. I think Alabama would win, but I think Georgia keeps it very close. And then who knows, you know, if Tua has an interception or if a guy fumbles. Um, obviously, I think Georgia could win. I think there's three teams that could keep it close with Alabama, and that would be Georgia, Michigan, and Clemson. Those are the three teams that keep it close against Alabama and have a chance to beat them. Um, so that wraps up my six questions there. Uh, again, you guys can keep sending questions. I'm only at 36 minutes here on my podcast, so next week when I have a longer podcast, I'll still answer questions if you guys want me to. Uh, but that wraps it up for this week. Uh, week 12 games this weekend, not many. You know, Syracuse, Notre Dame, Texas, Iowa State, uh, Cincinnati, UCF, the big game. So have fun watching games this weekend. I'll be back for week 13 next week.